August 26, 2023, it's a Watt for Pedro show.
the Pedro Show. Happy Saturday. Had to swerve to avoid some uh, situation, and my guest was kind enough to bear with me. Start off the show with John Coltrane. Live excerpt from November 28, 1962, Autumn Leaves. Very uh, popular standard, right? Especially for us. <laughs> we are TV in our journey. Then the adverts, One Chord Wonder, going way back. Because of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I got with TV Smith. Welcome aboard, TV. Nice to be here, Walt. Nice to speak to you. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, please bring your earliest musical memory. Let's learn about your journey through music. It's a long journey, what? It's a, it's a very long journey. It's, it's, I'm not sure I can remember my first... Well, remember, <laughs> first it's a Watt for Pedro I, show, you know, I, so there's no I, hard I, questions and there's no wrong answers. <laughs> no, you're right there. That's true in life. Um, I guess the first band I remember were the Beatles. You know, I used to hear the Beatles on the radio and, uh, and uh, something about it kind of, you know, just grabbed me. So I heard the Beatles and the Rolling Stones when I was a kid and... Um, and just music got me, so I, I pretty soon I realized I wanted to write it, not just consume it. Whoa. Uh, the pad you grew up in, was there musical instruments? Um, my brother played guitar, and... Um, Did you jump on I, that guitar? I, yeah, I jumped on the guitar. Um, well, <laughs> it's really the only instrument I, I could play. I was, I was taught to... I was sent to do piano lessons when I was a kid, which ah, I Ah, you went through that. I've had guests on the show. It almost chased them away from music. It was such a brutal, terrible experience. That's exactly right. Yeah, I had like a 90-year-old lady teaching me, and it was like, it was, you know, it, it, going to piano lessons was like being in prison. <laughs> and I did a year, I did a, did a year and, and did really well at it. And then because I'd done well, I was able to give up. And it's one of the things I regret most because I love to be able to play piano now. You know, they say that youth is usually wasted on the young, but it takes experiences like that to have regrets that <laughs> you can't yeah. change yeah. once you're downstream yeah. like that. Uh, let me ask yeah. you about school. Were you in the marching band or the choir or shit like that? No, we didn't have shit like that in Britain. Okay, um, okay. Uh, we, we, we we had music lessons, and uh, and uh, I, I formed a band at school with the with the teacher um, playing guitar in it. <laughs> so uh, wow, I was, I was I was recruiting members early on. Now, now, did you write songs for that group? Yeah, I was writing songs when I was still in school. I started wow. writing. I okay. mean, I, I started writing poetry, and then I. And then I, I was kind of I started listening to bands and and, and thinking I was like writing alternative lyrics in my head. So um, I thought, my lyrics are better than your lyrics. So uh, yeah, writing words was always a thing. And then I started, you know, playing guitar and, and making the tunes go with with the poetry I had going on. TV. What was the first record you bought with your own money? Um, the first record I bought with my own money was not the uh, record I intended to get. Um, <laughs> I intended to get, I intended to get the Bee Gees, uh, nineteen whatever it was, mining disaster. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and I, I ended up because my mother bought it for me. She got the wrong one. She got that awful hit by the Bee Gees that I can't even remember. But Massachusetts. Okay, and what was the first gig you saw? First gig I saw was also not uh, terribly exciting. It was Steel I Span. <laughs> I uh, remember we that. An English folk band who, who who had a couple of hits, but yeah. the, the school. I was in, took, uh, took us on a school trip in the minibus to see them play a gig. And, uh, I, you know, it was kind of interesting. The second one was much better. That was Ralph McTell, who did uh, Streets of London. And then I think the third gig I went to see was uh, Cockney Rebel, who were a kind of uh, 70s 
glam band, but they had something really interesting. And then my my you know I start my interest started to get peaked, and uh, you know like a half a year later I I went to see Bowie, and you know that was it. I was blown away. And that band you made in school, did they ever do a gig? Uh, yeah, we pl- we played the school hall. <laughs> You know, at lunchtime. Was that your first gig um, so ever? That, yeah, that was my first gig. We How'd did, it go? Uh, I think we did. Um, well, uh, <laughs> um, I'd like to say it set uh, the country on fire, but in fact, all it <laughs> did was left me going back to uh, maths lessons in the afternoon with glitter in my hair and, and makeup all over my face because I couldn't get it off. Ah, you were you had an outfit. Uh... Oh, yeah, it was glam. It was a glam era. This sure, was the sure. Mid-70s. Uh, you know, me, uh, the first gig I went to was T-Rex. Me and D. Boone saw T-Rex when we were 15. Yeah. It was a slider well, tour. That's, that's, a, that's a better gig than Steel Ice Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you don't pick those. But we did pick. It was only 250 Because in those days, people yeah. toured to sell records, right? So it, was really, it wasn't an industry under itself yet. Uh, I, I always regretted that my first record and my first gig wasn't something more excited. But there you go. That's the way. That's the way. Well, that's know. why I ask you that because it's you only have your like first gig some, once. Make up something more exotic, but that's unfortunately it's the truth. You know what? Truth is always best because what my pops say: if you if you don't lie, you don't have to remember. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, you gave me some uh, more adverts. Gary Gilmore's eyes.
ones you see and the ones you don't. The more you see her, the more you need her. The more you keep saying
Scott from Pedro Show. That chunk of music start off adverts doing the single version of Gary Gilmore's Eyes. Skullcaster, brand new, out of just outside of Austin, Texas. Uh, Space Laser Recalibration, guided by voices. It's every other month, so a new album from Bob Pollard, right? <laughs> Rust Belt Boogie. Zach Rosen after that. Great veneer, <laughs> which is apropos, I see. That's why I picked it. Troposphere 7. Uh, Pollution Club. I think uh, Matt Jones just moved back to West Mass. Uh, Cat, Cup after that. Tokyo Night Janitor. Uh, Cup is a collab between Nels Klein and Yukahana. Mike Adams had his Honest Weight brand new. Half Fool. That's a purple te- band name. Adverts finally with the single version of Television's Over. I remember getting the seven. It's right when it came out. And I just love the way the drums and the bass were mixed because a lot of records weren't like that except maybe pop group. It was, it, you know, Maybe not as uh, beef heart funky or uh, parliament funky, but uh, it was big in the mix. Always, I learned a lot from uh, records. I mean, before that too, from the late sixties, early seventies, mixed over in England and stuff. They would put the bass way louder than the rock and roll records over here in the U.S. So it helped me a lot. Thank you, Jack Bruce, with the cream and the, that stuff. But uh, let's talk about uh, the the school band's name. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> like most school bands, we we spent like longer trying to pick a name than uh, than we actually did rehearsing. Um, and in the end, we did that stupid thing where you think, well, I'm going to open a book and just point randomly at something on the page, and that's going to be the name. And unfortunately, the name ended up Slaby Witness. <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was a textbook about radiography and uh and the and the, the finger landed on the line slavey witness the experiment which is about the first radiography kind of uh, like um um tests across the atlantic so having promised ourselves that we would stick with the first thing that came uh, uh, that we came across in the book we we were stuck with it so probably one of the worst band names in history i think pfm had marconi in the name relating to radio oh there you go <laughs> It's suddenly become trendy. <laughs> I was way ahead of the wave. <laughs> okay, how long does this ba- band last, Evie? It lasted, you know, through school, and then I w- went on to uh, art college for a year, and I and basically formed another band called Sleaze. And uh, better name, we, uh, did a few, <laughs> yeah, a better name. It's getting, you know, it's things are improving. Yeah. And, and what's it made with a uh, record? We paid for our own record and well, recorded it. In let me ask tape. you about putting uh, it together. How did you put it together? Are these guys who go into uh, college with you? Yeah, there were people who I knew at college, and uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I was writing songs, so we just picked a bunch of songs that I'd written. Oh, you mean these are songs that you wrote and recorded them? You know, are, I still have the receipt. Cost thirty six pounds to record the record. Okay. These songs that you wrote, they're from the school band? Yeah. So they're repurposed yeah, in Sleaze. Now, would you say there's a big difference between the Sleaze versions and the school band version? Well, there's, I mean, uh, I think I only pulled like one thing out of the school band, to be honest. I was writing oh, okay. all the time by that time. So, and, and listening to other music and other things. So the writing was progressing pretty fast. I mean, you know, I was listening to Iggy and the New York Dolls and, and uh, you know all that kind 
of stuff. Can, can I ask these. you your method? So, uh, can I ask you your method? Me, Did you uh, like come up with words first and then bring music? I'm, I'm uh, guessing acoustic guitar or something. Or did the music come yeah, first and then the words? It's the old question, isn't it? But actually, it was bits and pieces coming together like a kind of jigsaw. Because I'd write, you know, I'd have an musical idea and, and then a few words would come into my head and I'd have some ideas, words in my head and, and try and put a bit of music to it. So it was a really piece. You know, I'm not one of these, write the whole text and then put the music to it or the other way around. It, it's always been bits and pieces coming together with me. And can you tell me about the first Sleaze gig? Uh, the first Sleaze gig, I think, I, I don't recall which the first one was. We, I was living in the southwest where I am now, in Devon, right down the southwest of England in the country. Sure. And so there weren't a lot of venues about, um, you know, we'd hire, uh, we'd hire halls and, uh, and clubs, but, you know, school halls and local village halls. And uh, I think our first regular gig was um, supporting George Melly in a club in Torquay. Okay. You know, I've played Exeter a lot. Now, that's a college town, right? That's a college town. I'm playing there in a, in a, couple, of, in a couple of weeks supporting UK subs. Oh, wow, Phoenix Charlie. Club. Okay. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, uh, but that's Devon, right? That, that region or area? That's, that, yeah. that's about 20 miles from where I live, yeah. Okay. Okay. There's a great club. What's it called? Cavern, I think. The Cavern School, yeah. Yeah. Where you actually go downstairs and do it like a cavern. It's not called the Cavern for nothing, no. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So how'd that first sleaze gig go? Well, you know, it's you know what it's like when you're when you're a kid. You pull in all your friends, and, yep. and, uh, and they all they all come and adore you. They have no choice. <laughs> so you would say that gig was a success. Well, yeah, you know, we. I mean, they didn't throw shit. They didn't throw. You just want to, you want to get on stage. You want to play your songs, and you know, if there's only twenty five of your friends there, that's a big success. You know, you've you've got out there and you've done it. That's the main thing. Absolutely. I'm not saying anyone. You know, there's no way to advertise. There's no way that anyone outside the immediate circle comes. But um, it's about about starting off on that road. You know, yeah. until you've actually gone on stage and played in front of people, you don't know anything about songwriting or how stuff works. Well, I asked that because one of my early gigs, D. Boone's pop literally had to drive up with his pickup truck to rescue us because all the people throwing rocks and shit, they hated it so bad. Yeah, it was called the Bright Orange Band. Good old days. Fuck that. Uh, look, um, how long does Sleaze... Now, you say Sleaze makes a recording for 36 pounds, and does this get pressed up? Yeah, we pressed up our own copies. Um, um, uh, I think we pressed 50 copies and sold it to family and friends. And uh, and then it kind of disappeared until about, I think, five years ago when a, when a label in the States heard it and picked it up and released it in the, in the States. On a, I think a thousand run, which sold out almost immediately. Wow! And and when was the original pressing? Nineteen seventy-five, I guess. Yeah, nineteen seventy-five, I think. Wow! Does now the Sleaze tour like England or something? No way! No, no. We okay. just we're literally around the local, you know. And how long it lasts? 
How long did it last? Uh, it, that lasted till uh, the college broke up. So, like I said, I did a year out of college, and when college finished, um, you know, that whole thing broke up, and um, and my mind started turning to the next thing, which was going to be the adverts. Now, how's that happen? Well, um, I'd met Gay in uh, in art college, and uh, she expressed an interest to play bass. So I started teaching her the new songs I was writing, the bass lines, and uh, and we formulated a plan to, to to move to London. You know, this was now by now we're talking about 1976 when the first kind of rumblings of, of something starting in London were going on. You know, there's reports about the first Sex Pistols' first gigs, uh, Clash, that kind of thing. So I thought this is what I need. You know, this is what's missing from the gigs here in Devon where all you're getting is your friends. So there was, you know, there was a feeling that there was something going on somewhere else, London, where uh, actually this was the kind of music I wanted to put myself in front of, the kind of audiences that I wanted to get hold of. So to me, it was clear, got to move to London and start getting my stuff out in front of the people who are going to, you know, be the right audience. And uh, so, like you and Gabe put out an ad for a drummer, and uh, uh, yeah, we moved up to London. Uh, you know, I obviously had guitar. You know, I didn't want to play guitar. You know, I, I felt I wasn't good at guitar. I could write the songs on it, but I couldn't really play it slickly enough to to work in a band. I'd only ever sung in sleeves in the previous bands and given guitar duties to someone else. So uh, yeah, we moved up, and uh, I put out the ads in the papers in local, in the NME and melody makers try and get drummer and uh, guitarist. So you never do these cats before the okay, and uh, no. how, how many people tried out? Well, we had a kind of kind of the problem was you know the punk rock ethic was not there, so you put out an, an advert for for a guitarist who's into uh, you know New York Dolls or Iggy or you know, or something like that, and you get a, a bunch of people who belong in a hippie band, you know, <laughs> who play the 50-minute guitar solos that yeah. don't go anywhere. You know, and I was writing by now sharp songs. You know, I was writing two-and-a-half-minute songs. And, you know, by the way, TV, guitar. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, the lead guitar and television over is so econo. I love how tiny a few yeah, notes. Yeah. I love it. Well, you know, when I gave him a gap to, you know, to... To have a guitar solo, he he he, go, he went for it because he knew he had ten seconds to say what he wanted to say. Uh, <laughs> okay. that, that was the kind of the beauty of the economy of punk rock, you know, the, no wastage. Absolutely, you know, uh, it's not about punk punk rock. That theory, you know, that's been through, you know, jazz and and rock and roll and and blues and every other form. Don't waste your time. Yeah, you know, if you've got something to say, say it as economically as possible. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, right away, do you get the two dudes you need? Yeah, from well, the guitarist um, answered an ad in a uh, in the NME, and it turned out he lived just down the road from me, and he also worked in a rehearsal studio. So that really, you know, killed three Practice birds in one stone. Yeah. He could play, <laughs> he could rehearse at his place, and I only had to go down the road to to show him how the songs worked. And drumming. So uh, we rehearsed for for quite a long time unable to find a drummer uh, and uh, eventually you know we were getting really kind of frantic by now because we're getting towards the end of of uh, 76 uh, we had everything in place but no drummer and then this guy walked into a rehearsal room 
working at the same rehearsal place and said, I can play drums. And he was basically like, you're in, you know, just, just start. <laughs> and uh, it only transpired after the first few rehearsals that he'd actually been lying and he'd never played a drum kit before. And one of the other <laughs> people working in the, in the rehearsals um, complex was, was coaching him in between our rehearsals how to play drums. So he was a complete and absolute beginner. Wow. Um, but, uh, you know, somehow it worked. One and, beat uh, wonder. He was a one beat wonder. <laughs> he was a one beat wonder. I mean, he played it the wrong way around. He played the snare drum when he should have been playing the bass drum. <laughs> you know, but, what was the you first? Know, you can hear it. You can hear it on some no, of the things. No, it's like really trippy. Years. He's really unorthodox yeah. when you listen to it. Now I understand yeah. why. So what was because the first? It's, it's... I'm sorry. I was just saying, yeah, that was a, but that was a, you know, that was a thing. Uh, it, you know, we got a lot of criticism at the time because, you know, Gay was a beginner and couldn't really play the bass that well, you know, and, and Laurie couldn't play drums that well. But this is the stuff you throw into the furnace and this big fire comes up. And, um, Music had become so conventional, there was no chances being taken, no risks. Everyone was looking to be commercially successful, you know, and this was what punk rock was blowing out of the water. Yeah. Um, but you could suddenly throw this stuff in. You know, we did it out of desperation. We just wanted to play. I wanted to get my songs out there. Yeah. And, you know, this that's where the magic happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the first adverts gig like? A complete disaster. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jesus, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. I'm getting down now, like, to your first gig now, because when the adverts played, we played down the Roxy, which was... Oh, um, yeah, live at Roxy uh, album with Wire. I remember it, that. Yeah, that was not actually the first And Johnny gig, Moped. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It's the second Roxy. That's right. It's the second Roxy. You can hear what the bands are like, you know, very, uh, you know, raw and, and, you know, loads of mistakes. Oh, yeah, um, and hilarious. Like, if you don't fucking pogo, I'm going to beat you with this cudgel. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> what the fuck is a cudgel? <laughs> What's a pogo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, everybody's got to have a first gig, TV. Absolutely. Well, we got, you know, we, we, you know, to make it even worse, you know, we got the, because the enemy which knew it was good stress, we're just getting on board and realizing something was going on. You know, we actually got a review in the in the in the news in the New Music Express for it. Our first review, you know, and it just totally destroyed us. You know? oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. You so, know, it yeah, seems the uh, music. It was a great start. I will, uh, we I will say, twice, twice in, the, in the first week it opened, and uh, then became regulars, and and you know we got better, and people got on our side, and, oh, uh, and within six months we were on a thirty day tour supporting the damned who had a record in the chart. So. You know, it was kind of like, who's laughing now? Yeah, on a big label, too. Look, we're at the end of the first hour. August 26, 2023, Dishwap, Pedro, your special guest, TV Smith. Hold tight for hour two. August 26, 2023. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
I change the tempo a little bit to the political poem I wrote tonight, and there's uh, the little books that uh, have all of our uh, poetry there, and um, especially for this tour, like we uh, have done so many times when Byron has organized one of these. Get all those demons out of the White House. White noise. Exercise the White House. Oh, Nikola the Tesla coil. At the click of your mouse, electricity will annihilate space. Orwellian conspiracies so subtle down the turnpike of nothingness where power grids go back in virtual death until one day there is a message and it is not on the phone nor in the computer it comes from the signals deep down in the body where the fortune teller lives foot still in one shoe dangling off the bed of the American future fucked in the truck stop of nowhere down the chaos road bend down America and kiss the asphalt you voted for it <laughs> the crusaders are robbing the peasants again there is evil in their agenda demons in their house if you are born twice, you can work in deadly dicks or rock and make 7,000 a week electrifying the showers. Don't say there's no future, son, for good criminals. Hysterical religion in the faces beyond the candidates of guns, those slaughtered buffalo, the greedy eyes, eyes of agenda to lionize those lying eyes, thugs, stolen eyes waiting for the westbound train dragging to Toledo and Chicago on clacking Amtrak rails that flash past cattle cars with hysterical death ripped vision a strobe shuttered savage rails over a historical mountain over there named a vinyl that will be climbed a hundred years from now by Ronald Rottenbaum ghost on an endless telegraph pole of Custer the loser, demon dicks propaganda, hype and hypocrisies in the last gasp of democracy, the jumbo laugh of a dying empire with so much bad karma, electromagnetic torrents of toxic sunsets more beautifully seen in the morality of the dead eyes scanning for security in the crimson sky like old day glow tinctures in the summer of love Pete's lost plaint I ain't gonna study war no more in dead afternoons beyond the banging winds of interstate of no escape on poisoned exotram Johnny Cash in his coffin all dressed in black westbound train rolls on Eat not thy mind, young father, in the trailer park over there under the power lines, contemplating suicide, mother on pills, baby crawling toward the television, arts program of grandmother's quilting party, brother kept driving, 
on speed to make a dime, addicted to the wheel, sister screamed, bid, then a sheer wind and cold voice at her lost house deal. Streetwise Jones found dancing in a crack whore bones, mute and blue. And may you sleep tonight with the jazz in your grave, Claude Perrieu. Hard luck and hard lucker mean hooker, deep heart, dark mind. Commercialized vagina cum laude from the tattooed neon school. Faded music, mascara in glamorous midnights too. Slow jazz and melancholy words of last love for you. Albany news, battery, beating, homeless, murder, robbery. Bend down, America, and kiss the asphalt. You voted for it. They are murdering the flowers again, destroying the poppies in Afghanistan. Machetes drawn, ATVs pulling iron harrows, full battle camouflage, narc state uniform, real colors, Blood reds and dark greens crushed into landscapes and set aflame. Beauty tangled in charred gray faces. Hip hag muppets in red and pink crepe. While a young farm girl cries at her favorite red and gold shawl. Burning for her mother, leaning against a tree. Her eyes turning toward the heavens crying. If we can't destroy the enemy. We can damn sure destroy their flowers. In photo ops, the goon-faced joker criminal looks down from a helicopter. But remember, leaning on their trusted pickup trucks, they change like transformer toys. From bud to bullets, when the call is out, imprison the most helpless and forsaken strays among us. And they convict us in their mind, ready to destroy again for whatever the authorities preach.
Pedro Show starts second hour with Tom Out Cruise by TV Smith's Explorers. Then Charlie Plymel and myself, I was b- backing them up on some improvised bass. Live August 9, 2008, Philadelphia, this fish town part of Philadelphia. Stefano Palia with Makes Us Melancholy. I guess the Queen's English would be melancholic, but that's okay. He's Italian. And then TV Smith's Cheat, Buried by the Machine. So, yeah, you're doing this uh, tour. You got an album out, touring with the dam. What happens with the adverts? Oh, it just kind of slowly fell apart. I mean, it's a story loads of bands could tell, I guess. You know, we we you know we were kids. You know, as we already said, two of the two of the members we didn't even know each other before the band started, and then suddenly we're on tour. We're stuck in the bands together. We're sharing hotel rooms. Uh, you know, it was the normal stuff, and um, it became hard. And to make it even worse, you know, although the first album was really well received i kind of went off on a on another kind of tangent with the second album the television's over and i surrender and all these kind of strange songs i was trying to really do something different and as you did or you know already mentioned the mix on television's over it went bass heavy you know it went really down the guitar was kind of in the background and the bass and the drums was what was driving it the lyrics and uh, this was at a time when punk rock had become quite sort of stayed in the way it was supposed to sound. Everyone went for the guitar model. Right, you know, they orthodox. Went for, everything had to sound like the Ramones, but aggressive. Right. Um, you know, and it was kind of, you know, I thought punk was going to be about experimental. Right, throbbing gristle. Different ways and, you know, but it became very constricted and conservative. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, the second album totally bombed which led to a lot of uh, unhappiness in the band and it, it just added all the stress and tension and it came to a point where, you know, people were leaving, we were getting replacement members and it didn't feel like a band anymore. So, uh, you know, a band is supposed to be a bunch of mates out on the road together, not not in constant stress and unhappiness and, you know, without and also with no commercial success, financially hard to keep going. Yeah. Um, so the best thing to do was to, to call it quits. And TV Smith's Explorers, is that next? Yeah, I went straight into that because I was still writing and I still wanted to play, even though, you know, I had to mark down the adverts as kind of a, you know, not able to continue with that. But uh, but I wanted to move on. I had songs 
and I, I wasn't going to be daunted by the fact that punk rock audience wasn't, you know, didn't like the way I was going. So I just opened up with a new band, you know, a band with synthesizers in. That was a no-no with punk rock. I thought, well, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just going to do it anyway. That's so trippy because I, I just mentioned Throb and Gristle. They used them in the, you know, 70s. Uh, we had a band over yeah. here, Throb... Um, Nervous gender screamers. First band that could sell out the whiskey didn't have a guitar. That's <laughs> yeah. you know seventies well, punk. Well, and with... you know, suicide could do it. You know that's but, right. You know, that's right. could get away with it. The problem with us was we had a successful album, guitar based, and people didn't think you should change. You know, they thought every band should be the Ramones and every every album sounded the same. And but that anarchy was work. just a slogan. It wasn't really a way to do things. <laughs> like no coercion, yeah, right? But, Turned out that way, yeah. And, and, and so, what about TV Smith's Explorers? Does it go into TV Smith's Cheap? Uh, what happened was, uh, you know, for all my bravado in, in doing a band that I knew was not going to be popular, the, the inevitable result was within a couple of years we had to break up as well, you, you know, due to lack of any kind of success at all. That, that single Tom Hall Cruise yeah. did pretty well. Uh, but then the album came out and totally bombed you know that was my second album in a row that had bombed and you know it was and that basically kind of uh, was a nail in the coffin my career for about 10 years you know i went back uh, no one would no one would uh, give me a record deal uh no one would give me a publishing deal i had a manager he died in a tragic accident at home uh, so i was left really kind of like hanging um with all i had with songs you know <laughs> songs yeah. on their own in the rough tough music business are no good so i was at home writing demo you know writing songs making demos for 10 years um with uh, with a few people who i liked and i and i you know we had a mutual musical respect for and um, at the end of that period i was getting so frustrated at not um being able to play live that i thought well, okay i'm going to form a band called cheap and that's what it's going to be it's going to be cheap we're going to we'll travel the country in two cars put all the gear in the back just like the old days, and uh, we're going to play wherever they'll have us. As long as we pay the petrol money, we're going to sleep on floors, and that's what we did. I'm still doing it that way. <laughs> 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 if it works, don't fix it. Well, uh, I'm on. You gave me some stuff that's just called TV Smith. So let's play the the Lion and the Lamb. Say I am the lion and the lamb I am 
the legion of the lost ones, to the cohort of the damned, to my brethren in their sorrow overseas. Sings a gentleman of England, cleanly bred, machinely crammed, and a trooper of the Empress, if you please. Yes, a trooper of the forces who has run his own six horses. And faith, he went the pace and went it blind. And the world was more than kin while he held the ready tin. But today the sergeant's something less than kind. We're pulling lambs who lost our way. Gentlemen rankers out on the spree Damned from here to eternity Oh, God have mercy On such as we Oh, it's sweet to sweat through stables Sweet to empty kitchen slops And it's sweet to hear the tales the troopers tell To dance with blousy housemaids at the regimental hops And thrash the cad who says you waltz too well Oh, it makes you cock-a-hoop to be rider to your troop And branded with a blasted, worsted spur When you envy, or how keenly One poor Tommy, being cleanly Who blacks your boots and sometimes calls you sir We're poor little lambs who've lost our way Little black sheep who've gone astray Gentlemen rankers out on the spree Damned from here to eternity Oh, God have mercy On such as we If the home we never write to And the oaths we never keep Hold most distant and most dear Across the snoring barrack room Return to break our sleep Can you blame us if we soak ourselves in beer When the drunken comrade mutters And the great guard lantern gutters And the horror of our fall is written plain Every secret self-revealing On the aching whitewashed ceiling Do you wonder that we drug ourselves from pain? We're poor little lambs who lost our way Little black sheep who've 
holds us till an alien turf enfolds us and we die and none can tell them how we died we're pulling lambs lost our way little black sheep who've gone astray
taking it to bits. Now the pitch is just a great buzz. It's expensive being poor because everything costs more. Someone pick me off the floor. It's expensive being poor. I can't live with what I did. When cinema six quid, it's expensive being poor. Pedro show that chunk of music. Start out with Lion and the Lamb. Include next article there, people like an idiot. TV Smith. Then Mazinga, live in Ann Arbor, June 4, 2023. Super Karate Monkey Death Car. That's a title. Wolf Eyes after that. Days Decay. Brand new. Benedict Edwards with Gentleman Rankers. Don't know what that means. Street Sex out of Texas with In Defense of Resentment. Ray Shin out of Reno. Myopic. Approach. Finally, T.V. Smith, expensive being poor. It's just appropriate, right? Uh, so what happens with cheap? Uh, cheap failed as, as it was bound to do. Um, you know, uh, we made, we did get uh, someone to finance a record, um, but we couldn't get a label to put it out. And uh, at that point, um, someone else who had some kind of faith in me, the same publisher, said, look, uh, rock bands are not going to work for you. You're never going to make it with a rock band. Um, but we would be prepared to finance a record where you just did your songs um, in an acoustic style. And um, and I had a bunch of songs that I was already going this way um, at the time. And I I was thinking myself, you know, somehow rock doesn't isn't going to make it for me. Um, so then I made a record called March of the Giants with the people I've been working on demos in in the previous 10 years, including the incredible guitarist Tim Rennick, who'd previously played with Mike Oldfield and Pink Floyd, and uh, Tim Cross, who'd also played with Oldfield. You know, a, an astounding bunch of musicians. And, uh, and I really, really enjoyed that freedom away from the rock format just to do what I wanted and, and make some beautiful music. And um, the Lion and the Lamb that you played was was the first track on the album, and it was the uh, you know it was a track that to me said this is the right thing to do. 
And uh, and I, I thought, well, punks aren't going to like it. You know, my rock fans aren't going to like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. And weird thing is that it's become a, a complete standard um, of my live sets now, and I play it every single set. I play as much as Gary Gilmore guys. So um, it's kind of proof to me that you have to stick by your guns and do what you feel is right. Yeah, yeah. You hear that, people? Life uh, witness <laughs> of that kind of theory. Yeah, that 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 kind of practice. And, uh... There's no other way. You know, there's no other way. You know, people tell you what to do, but if it's not right in your heart, it's not going to work. And uh, you know, I you know, I haven't had any commercial sets, not really. You know, in in the last uh, kind of forty years, but I feel that the, that the songs have been successful and the, and the records have been successful, and that's what means most to me. But you know, it seems you took the spirit of the movement literally. Let the freak flag fly, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it's the only way to go. Yeah. yeah not, not, I try to boss. tell people the yeah. movement wasn't really about a certain kind of beats per minute or where you no. put the snare or the kick drum. It was more of a state of mind, right? Yeah, it's a spirit. And, uh, and it's, you leave uh, the style, a, yeah, just, you leave the style up to the bands themselves. And so you're going to have, just like there's all those different fingerprints, you're going to have different ways of expressing. Exactly. And actually, punk rock, you know, at the very start, it was like that. Yep. You, know, it's, uh, you know, it was the Ramones and it was the Buzzcocks. You know, and TV, and, you know, uh, I, I think I'm all different. Yeah, I think I'm I'm uh, around your age. And the, the, what really amazed me of the early gigs I went to was the you had no idea what was going to be next. It was so surprising. Yeah. yeah and then that got lost. Such a thrill, you know. And then when it had to be, when it had to conform, I thought, well, punk rock, I didn't think it was going to be about conforming. You know? yeah. I thought it was about, like, you know, kind of exploding with creativity and doing what you wanted. And you know, I, I think we will still feel that, really. Absolutely. Now, you make the record with all these great music cats, but when you do the gigs, you're man alone? Yeah, man alone from that from that point on, um, uh, because I realized that I couldn't make bands work, basically. I didn't like the format of being in a band. It was too restricting. And I didn't want to write for a certain set of musicians. You know, so, it, you know, I, a friend of mine called Attila the Stockbroker, who's a, a kind of a, a poet, um, stand-up comedian, poet, um, commentator. Um, he was doing solo gigs, and he came to see me with that band Cheap, and he said, look, you write songs, uh, you play guitar, why don't you just do solo gigs? I said, no, I couldn't possibly do that. And he said, well, look, I'm doing a gig uh, on my own in a cafe next week, come and support. So I tried it, and I played the guitar, and sang the songs to about 40 people sitting on benches in front of me, and they were applauded, and they loved it. And it was like a revelation, I thought. Okay, sea change in your life. People yeah. on my own, they're going to love it. And uh, I don't have to ask the bass player, you know, if he can get off work that day to do the gig. You know, <laughs> I don't, you know, I just go out and do it. And uh, it was a freedom, it was a total feeling of freedom. Ah. And, uh, and since then, I've basically done solo gigs around the world. Beautiful, beautiful. And the second hour. August 26, 2023 edition. Wap Pedro's special guest, TV Smith. Hold tight for hour three. August 26, 2023. It's the third hour of the Wap from Pedro show.
<laughs> Wofford Pedro Show. Start off third hour. TV Smith doing good times are back. Crane, our dreams. Tim Holhouse and the Tourette Boys with Cot. J.D. Pincus, Tall Trees. Tall, tall trees. Not just tall trees. Can't see sharp. So you take the K out of punk and you get pun rock. <laughs> Finally, T.V. Smith, Land of the Overdose. So you've been to the U.S. before. Uh, I've done a few gigs. Yeah, so um, a scattering of gigs. I've done a few solo gigs and I've done a few gigs with uh, with pickup bands like the, the Midnight Creeps who just joined me for a few songs. You know, this October is going to be the first time I've come over and done a consistent tour with a, with a, with one band and focusing just on advert songs. So it ain't Man Alone. Uh, this isn't going to be Man Alone. This is going to be um, the, the demand from the States was, uh, was for me to come out with a band. So um, I've, I've recently been playing in Europe. You know, this is basically, uh, you know, because people want to hear those advert songs done again. So I've had a band in Europe doing them with me. Um, you know, this is the exception to the rule. I've got to say, um, most of my gigs are solo. But I, I was going to say be, uh, with a, with a band from Houston playing all advert songs. Houston, U.S. Cats. Okay, and the bass player can get yeah. some time off from work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and work for this, TV. This is a, this is this is to paraphrase one of my own songs. This is what I file under. Not my problem. <laughs> So, you haven't even practiced with these cats. You're going to show up at the first gig? Yeah, I'm going to do it Chuck Berry style. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. He just stomps the ground four times and everybody kicks in. But, you know, the big joke... The the good thing about these days is we can share rehearsals, you know, over the internet, so it's not like walking into the unknown. You know, I know these guys are good, and, uh, you know, we we can back and forth about what needs to be done with the songs before I get there, and that's what we've been doing. And and these cats, they got their own band too, right? So they've been playing together. Uh, some of them been playing together. We actually, it's a it's a three piece band, just the same format as the original adverts. And uh, yeah, they're, they're they're playing together now. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I think it's bitching. You know, uh, Hodges, a uh, drummer man I play with. He one time I told him I was really scared when I was making my first opera. He said, "You know what? Being a little bit scared is also being like a little bit excited." So mm-hmm. I've never That's forgotten great. that. I, you know, I'm another still, thing. You know, I've done a hundred. I do like hundred gigs a year. And I, there's never one time when I don't go on stage terrified. Yeah, me too. I want to shit a pecan log, but then you get into uh-huh. it, and the, you know, the momentum of the old days kind of carries you. And, and then, whew. Yeah. Uh, you know, think, another I, thing I remember. I think if you don't go on stage, if you don't go on stage worried, I, I think there's something wrong. Yeah, you're sleepwalking or connecting the dots, punching the clock. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing I remember, all the ig buttons on Gay's uh, coat. Yeah, well, we were both big Iggy fans, that's for sure. Right, you mentioned that a couple times. And, uh, you know, I got to help the Stooges for a Oh, yeah, we met at a gig. That's right, yeah, in London. Yeah, Odeon, uh, I think, yeah. Uh, was it the Odeon? Or, yeah. Yeah, or, they changed your name. Yeah. Something, yeah. <laughs> it's called something else nowadays, but... And I think it was... Uh, yeah, Hammersfield Apollo. Yeah, I just ended up right. playing there, supporting the, the original Damned lineup like, a few months ago. Whoa, okay. You gave, gave me this tune, uh, maybe it's kind of uh, relevant. Lockdown Holiday, let's play it. I was already in trouble 
when they took me to one side and said there is no job left here for you I was already a victim of a system weighed in favor of a rich and privileged few doesn't matter anyway it's a lockdown holiday life's too short to be a slave it's a lockdown holiday no sights to see no friends to meet no work to do but who's gonna pay who's gonna pay who's gonna pay
talking about getting gig reviews in the because where i met tv and gay was at a meltdown gig other side of the river and uh tim's and uh we got a review in the financial times they said like you know we were too old or something it looked like i was using the amps to hold myself up and ronnie was on his way this is where i learned the term allotment people it's your little garden you get and uh ain't it a trip about that you know what i will say this about these days i don't think the music press quote unquote has the power they used to no they're also awful i mean when i when i was growing up and getting interested in music you know you got real journalism in the music press you know you had people like you know nick kent and and uh charles Shaw murray and mick farr and you know they were writing real whether you agree with them or not, they were writing real articles yeah. you know, uh, and trying to analyze music. But now it's just it's just so shallow. It's, right. it's pathetic. Now, Richard Meltzer over here, I always liked his writing. But some of them, it seemed they had too much power. So I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad mm-hmm. thing, but you're, you're right. It, there was always some kind of shield them, though. You could tell the dudes 
You know, they're yeah, yeah, right. So then Richard Meltzer ended up writing a book called "A Horror Just Like the." He said he got to the point where he was just looking at the album covers. He wasn't even listening to the shit. Yeah, uh, I got yeah. to tell the people well, who we just heard a lot of our, you know the music journalists now they've used it as a springboard to move on to like the right wing press and, and write articles in there. So, you know, absolutely, you know, by their actions, we you know them. That's right, right. If it walks like a duck. Okay, I got to tell the people of the last music they heard on this edition. Lockdown Holiday, TV Smith, L7. This is the one with the, not the number, but the one out of uh, Detroit, uh, Ann Arbor area, with the Larissa. London Dudgeon doing a Misfit song here. Which A, this is uh, John Dyer, OC's, his side project, City Maggot, Which A. Uh, long play single version from M Mountain Offensive. Of the beat goes on, but it's getting heavy. Brother Phil up a mammoth. Finally, the remix. TV Smith's Let's Go Back to the Good Old Days. And and, and that's kind of an uh, ironic title. When do the titles come oh, when you you're better. writing songs? <laughs> yes, it's absolutely ironic. Yeah. You know, just so, you know, kind of people, you know, everyone knows things are tough at the moment. You know, you know in both our countries, you know, we had, you know, we, We've had some, some, some terrible things going on and some terrible leaders. And, uh, and I've, I've heard, heard people saying, oh, if I knew it was like how it used to be. But, you know, it's always been terrible. You know, yeah. I can't think back <laughs> to the time when, well, you know, when you can say, oh, what a brilliant government we got. You know, isn't, aren't things going well? It's always been terrible. You know, and the thing is, uh, you know, to find what you can out of it that's actually good and not, and not, not you know, not believe their lies. Absolutely. You know, I wrote that song against the 70s. Because I was thinking about my pop when that show Happy Days came on. And he said to me, boy, those were not happy days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all I'll that Fonzie and Potsy shit, yeah. <laughs> well, he was a, you know, third-class seaman making $90 a month when I was born, 19 years old. I mean, th- but you can airbrush, you know, all this revisionism. We got a big time here. I don't know if you got this talk radio stuff, but it's really Oh, bizarre. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, all, all this people, stuff. It's really this thing where people say something often enough and loud enough, and it becomes the truth. But it doesn't become the truth. You know, that's the thing. You have to resist this, this kind of push into mad, this mad kind of selfish attitude. And uh, people think just being aggressive and shouting about stuff makes it right. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but the the. the it seems uh, something that'll work is like getting people to realize that themselves, right? Because uh, you know the the thing of the didactic uh, dilemma, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you, that, yeah. If you say anything, you're going to get shot down. You know, anything yeah. of any kind of value or importance. So the important thing is to hold your hold your own own aim true and uh, and and you know look at what's going on and believe in yourself and what's happening. You know, not that, not kind of, you know, not just like everyone shouting at each other. It doesn't help at all. Yeah. And in the material you're going to play here on this October tour, uh, is it right up to the moment? You said something about adverts, so there will be some old no, stuff. It's going to be pure adverts. You know, that's what Oh, pure adverts. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do like most of the first of the two albums. 
uh, nearly all of the first album and a few selected songs from the second album. And, uh, you know, this is what people have asked me to come over and do. So this is going to be my reintroduction to coming to the States. And I hope it will, you know, if it goes well, we'll see what else can okay. come out of it. But at the same time, are you working on current songs, like the Man Alone stuff? I'm working on a new album right now, yeah. Okay. I've okay. got some really songs that I think are the, you know, I know everyone says this, but I really think these are the best songs I've ever written, and I'm really excited about the new album, which is going to come out you know who, Who's really like that is Bob Mould. Every record, I remember going back to Who's Who, going, this is the best ever! <laughs> yeah. Every time, Well, Bob. I think you have that excitement keeps you charged up, you know, sure, and... Sure. Uh, um, whether it's you know whether it's true or not, it doesn't matter because if it feels like it's the best record, it, it damn well is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and where can people find out about you on the internet? Do you have your own website? Yeah, sure. TVSmith.com. Okay, TVSmith.com, people. And look, can I put an invite out when that album of new stuff gets done and recorded? Will you come back on the show? We could play it and talk about it. That'd be great. Well, I'd love to do that. Ah, righteous. Thank you, TV, so much. And safe seas for your tour. People, go out there and see him, man. This cat is happening. People, it's been the August 26, 2023 edition of Show. Keep your powder dry.